0: Welcome back to the OTT makeshift podcast. My name is Enrique Mendizábal. I am OTT's director. In this episode, I have a chance to talk to Gala Diaz-Lango. She is the new director for CIPEC. CIPEC is uh, one of Argentina's best-known think tanks. In fact, it's a very well-known think tank in Latin America and across the world. And this is one of the first interviews Gala gave uh, in her new job. So I I hope you enjoy this uh, conversation I had with her. We talk about CPEC, about her career, but most importantly, we talk about the challenges and opportunities that think tanks face nowadays. Enjoy.
1: Welcome, Gala. Welcome to this. um, Is this your first interview um, as the executive director of, of CPEC? or one of the first interviews as the director of CPEC?
2: Yes, one of the first, on on the first day on office, which was uh, Monday, two days ago, I had an interview, so this is the second.
1: So we're here with Gala Diaz-Langu. She is the executive director of CPEC. Um, CPEC is, uh, I think, one of the best known think tanks in Latin America, certainly um, it is known around the world. And uh, and we've known Gala for a very long time, um, and so it's it is quite a it's very it's, I'm delighted to have uh, have a chance to talk to you Gala about about your role as executive director, but also about your career and your views about think tanks and how think tanks have changed, uh, not just in Argentina, but about uh, about think tanks in in, in the wider world um, and their their evolution of the last over the last few years. I was going to say over the last 20 years of CPEC, but you've been around <laughs> in CPEC for not 20 years, but 15, um, 15. 15 years, yes, almost yeah. al- almost a lifetime of the think tank. So Gala, let's start with a few um, so desert island type questions. Um, okay. So besides CPEC, what three other think tanks uh, do you see as your references?
2: Well, uh... Brookings, for sure, um, Bruegel also, I think it, it has an interesting way of approaching different audiences, and Fundação um, Getulio Vargas also in, in Brazil, uh, those are, I believe, three sustainable big think tanks which can be a role models for, for CPEC, uh, but mostly because of the impact they, they have in, in policy.
1: Okay, and um, uh, assuming that being the executive director of a think tank is, as Simon Maxwell says, the best job in the world, but also an impossible job, um, what other role in a think tank would you go back to? Um, when or in what position did you have the most fun?
2: Well, that is a difficult question. I, I believe I had fun in, in every position I had at CPEC. I mean, uh, you can you can call CPEC anything but, dull Uh, you can have fun everywhere and well the the context also of uh, policy and public policy in Argentina makes it uh, it's a uh, yeah so something at least challenging to, <laughs> to grow to yes. yeah um, so I, I think I, I, w- I would be happy to go back to every role but particularly to the role of program director the last uh, couple of years last uh, five years I was a program director of social protection at CPEC and um, there I had the possibility to bring forward ideas and see them concretely turn into projects and reality so I believe to have that that chance was uh, very exhilarating in a way
1: great okay. and um, do you have any do you have any role models um, as executive director
2: well um, I, I've learned something at least from every uh, executive director that CPEC has had in the past. Uh, Nicolás Ducote, Miguel Brown, Fernando strafase and obviously Julia Pomares uh, taught me different things. And um, I believe they also made CPEC what it is today. But I also look up to other executive directors from other think tanks uh, in, in the world. I, I don't want to name names because I uh, people will be left out, uh, obviously, but um, I, I, I try to interact a lot with other think tankers. I believe that we, we do have a lot to learn and well, on, on think tanks is a, an excellent platform to do that.
1: Thanks, and um, so when you're not think tanking, uh, where could we find you?
2: Well, uh, now I'm think tanking from, well, not today, but mostly every, every other day from home. And I'm always at home because, you know, quarantine. But uh, if I'm not at home, uh, I, I'm probably running. I, I go for a run almost daily at the Lake Regatas in Buenos Aires City, where I live.
1: Great, thanks. Nice to see that you have a, a life outside of uh, of the think tank world. Um, I think we all we all need it, and I I am sure you'll have fun in this new uh, new role. Um, as you say, Argentinian politics, like most politics, are anything but dull. I guess. Um, yeah. Okay, so now let's let's get into the uh, the questions about about your role as the as the director. Um, and um, I mean, Gala, you you started in CPEC and now you are running CPEC. Can you tell us a little bit about your career? How do you get to that position of executive director?
2: Well, yeah, I started working at CPEC when I was 22, 22 years old, and I had just graduated from university and uh, I was an assistant at uh, one of the programs that work on policy influence, civil society policy influence at CPEC which doesn't exist anymore, Um, then uh, that program sort of shifted towards a more social look of public policy. And finally, in 2008, we created the social protection program where I was an analyst. I had a, a promotion there. Um, and then I grew within the social protection program. I was project coordinator in charge of research projects. Uh, then I was program coordinator that it takes on the whole agenda of the program. And then in 2016, I became the director of the social protection program. Um, I also had other roles within CPEC. I was uh, one of the first members of the ethics committee uh, back in 2007 and uh, then I had the opportunity as a member of the executive committee, which is uh, the governance, the main governance committee at at CPEC, to participate in the drafting of the new uh, ethics code, which was also a very interesting project. And I'm also a member of the uh, project analysis committee, which uh, is where we put forward the proposals that CPEC will ultimately take on and turn into projects. Um, I, I learned a lot in all these different roles and it's been, a, it's been my whole professional career CPEC, but also in a way my, my school, you know, <laughs> in order to, to acquire all the abilities uh, that, I, that I need today
1: what do you think are those lessons you know those key lessons that you uh that you uh you're glad you went to you attended you paid attention to because you think you know, you, you you haven't done the role yet you haven't uh gone through the motions of being an ed but that no. you think are going to help you for sure uh to take on this challenge
2: well i think uh, the main one is to uh Pay attention to the people. To I mean, think tanks are the think tankers. I mean, they are not more nor less than that. So um, to understand that CPEC gathers uh, an exceptional group of people in terms of their professional capacity, but also the the human quality. Uh, I, I believe it's it's important to take on the the lead of the the whole organization and to be able also to. Take it to a different level, and that only can be done by providing the best opportunities to to the people who make CPEC to fulfill their full potential.
1: So, so Gala, what are your what are your plans for CPEC?
2: Well. Um, I believe that today we are in a turning point uh, worldwide and particularly in Argentina what will come after this period that we don't know how much it will last uh, will probably be very different from or or at least different from what we saw in the past, and uh, this. means that we will have to rethink some of the key issues of our developmental strategy uh, in, in, in every country. And uh, these discussions, particularly in Argentina, as happens in many other countries, are happening in a moment of uh, very high restrictions, a very deep crisis uh, with uh, n- not only the, the sanitary part of, the, of this pandemic, but also the the social, the economic, and even the the institutional crisis that sometimes come along with this moment. And to be able to think and and rethink our developmental strategy in this context might be risky because we we have a lot of restrictions that might um, leave aside some more optimistic options that we might want for our future. And um, it, it is also risky because we're not necessarily thinking about what comes next, What what is the medium and the long term. Uh, we are so focused in uh, turning out the fire that we have around us that, that it makes it difficult to look uh, a bit further. Um, and I think that, that CPEC uh, does this to, to bring the medium and the long term to, to the current issues, to, to build those links, to say, The decision that we make today about um, opening or closing schools, for instance, might have an impact in the future, but the other way around also saying we need to reform how we provide secondary education in Argentina to bring those debates to the present and say we need to do this now because if not in uh, 10 years, we'll have a a much greater problem. So I think CPEC needs to do that, uh, and in a way that CPEC uh, usually does it, which is in a very plural uh, way, not only with the whole uh, political spectrum, but also involving other actors, unions, private sector, social movements, media, etc. Doing so uh, in a systemic matter, understanding the trade offs between different sectors, that they are not isolated policy issues, but everything is interdependent and also uh, trying to learn from what other countries are going through and from what is being debated in international fora. I think that that liaison between the the domestic and the international spheres is also a role that CPEC has done in the past and should continue to to do and to strengthen it.
1: And do you you see CPEC changing um, over the next five years? I mean, as as an organization, I think you're still still based in near Congreso, right? Um, yeah maybe the office I know um I, mean, do you, um I mean I don't know the office anymore so I'm sure it's changed from within but uh um but do you see the organization changing moving growing uh staying the same uh, do you think there'll be um new skills coming in over the next five years um I remember a very young CPEC uh, we, you know we're not we're not young anymore I guess <laughs> um, but uh do you think it'll it'll continue to be a young organization uh you know what are the I mean, these are these a bit maybe a bit boring questions in terms of uh, not the political economy of Argentina, but more about the the inside the of the uh, of the organization.
2: It is. I mean, for sure, I think that CPEC will change. I mean, the, the context will will force us to. But I also think it is the right thing to do. Uh, it would be. I I don't think it would be appropriate for us to say we need to do things differently for Argentina and for us to continue to do the same things over and over. Um, There are some issues that are that have changed since the beginning. I mean, CPEC is still a young organization. Uh, I believe that. uh, most of our staff is under 55 years old, and I believe that 60% or so is, uh, has 35 years or, or less. Uh, but um, we, we have grown in seniority uh, in terms of incorporating researchers that have had experiences and have had uh, like trajectories that can provide different uh, inputs and views of what needs to be done in Argentina. Um, and, and I believe that is a good thing to do and to continue to do, uh, but we also need to maintain like the, the innovation aspect of it um, in terms of how we think about policy and how we do our work to think about policy um, and that means involving technology, for once. Um, Julia has done some steps forward in in that direction, and I intend to to continue. I I believe that we have a huge potential in the the impact of technology in in the workforce as more generally, but particularly in how we think about policy, how we analyze policy. At least in Argentina, there's an underuse of, of technology that can be turned. Um, And also, um, CPEC is organized in three large areas, which are social development, economic development, and institutional. Uh, And within those areas, we have programs. Um, There are some uh, transversal um, programs or projects that involve different areas, but most of the projects are uh, very sectorial. And uh, I believe we need to start to to think that differently, to create more dialogue within the different areas. Obviously it is great to have different specialities and different expertise according to the sectors, but, but we need to generate more dialogue within them. And also in the way that uh, the the other part of the institution which are the institutional areas the ones that provide support communications in, in, in institutional development administration management and public businesses um, h- how they um, interact with the with the programs and the projects and in a more agile manner than what we do now uh, obviously this means to bring more talent to, to CPEC, hopefully to have a, a stronger organization and more innovative organization, but also to with what we have today to make some small changes, to go gradually to, to a more efficient model, maybe. One of the things I remember
1: about CPEC is that when we first started working together 15 years ago, CPEC was very focused on Argentina, right? The mandate was working Argentina. And then over time it's begun to play a, a bigger role regionally. And around the G20 Zipek became a name known around the world Um, and I think that has continued you've uh, you know seen you do some work with uh, think tanks you know from from Europe Uh, you've been engaging in global debates Um, and this pandemic has created a bit of a weird situation where we're all you know disconnected our audiences are now global right Um, and over the last year I've been consuming uh Research, analysis, and opinion from, from CPEC, you know, when often tweeting it uh, to my audiences, quote unquote, here in Peru, saying, you know, you know, we should be having those debates here. Do you see CPEC uh, growing in that international uh, sort of line, or, um, or you know, is, are you concerned or are you sort of worried about keeping a stronghold in, in Argentina, or both? You know, you might just have a um, CPEC might no, I, be think, globally as well as locally.
2: Yeah, I think they are compatible, both things, and I think they they reinforce each other in a very somehow counterintuitive way. Um, CPEC has indeed grown uh, mostly in the last decade uh, of its of its history in the in the international arena. Thanks to a role in the T20, for sure, in the Think20, which is the think tank group of the, of the G20. Uh, but also in, in other networks and in other fora, uh, I believe there is a still place to grow, at least in three um, concrete spaces. One is other international fora, aside from the G20. Um, and to, to bring some of those debates to the domestic arena, but also to inform those international debates with our reality, which tends to be different to, to some of the most maybe hegemonic views that are stated in, in those realms. The, the second one is in, in South, South collaboration networks, such as Southern Voice or other spaces, Latin American networks mostly, Um, And I I believe that we have a lot to learn from from each other, and that we have uh, a lot of disconnection also uh, in terms of not being able to to learn from other countries experiences that have already done what we are trying to do. So I I believe that there's a a space there to grow. And thirdly, um, in terms of the the concrete policies and mostly in in terms of governmental uh, allegiances. between CPEC and uh, concrete governments where we can maybe provide technical assistance or learn from other countries' experiences. We have done so in the past, for instance, with the Sistema Nacional de Cuidados, the care system of Uruguay or the Brazil Sin Miseria, the, the Brazilian strategy during Dilma's presidency to um, fight extreme poverty, and, and to bring home those lessons and to inform policy. I believe that we we try to inform policy in Argentina based and, and having in mind those experiences, our recommendations will be much better than without them. So, so I think that's why one thing reinforces the other.
1: Great, right, thank you. Thank you very much. So now let's move to, biggest challenges think tanks face right now generally I mean what, what do you think are those those big challenges where wherever we are what do you think think tanks need to worry about today
2: I when like my, my mind automatically goes to uncertainty but I, I don't think that is a challenge for for think tanks because we, we, that is what we do, I think, to, to try to, to make less uncertain, uncertain realities. That is what we almost always done. And what, what we should do now is do that in a greater extent because the, the uncertainty has grown for sure. But I think the, the greatest challenge uh, for, for us think tanks to do a work is um, the anti-rights movements uh, that have a, a very strong linkage to not not basing public discussions and policymaking particularly in evidence. And since think tanks try to build that bridge between evidence and and policymaking and bringing forth some issues to to the public debate that are based on on concrete data and rigorous uh, research. um, I, I believe there is a risk there to to have that—that uh, that is the pillar of the legitimacy of think tanks eroded. Um, and and I believe that those kind of movements that are present in, in most every country are, are for sure um, a risk that we should take seriously and we should take concrete action.
1: And by anti-rights, you mean sort of groups of individuals or individuals who um to fight against human rights, against the rights of minorities. Um, Is that that, that what you mean?
2: Yes, but there's also this um, certain alignment between those groups that go from uh, anti-rights in terms of women's rights, but also anti-vaccines with more of also a, a nationalistic approach to policy, uh, with also um, more of a uh, closing the international markets, uh, with more of a um, right spectrum political parties that tend to uh, close frontiers, to uh, go against migration, to um, and, and most of those movements from my point of view are um, also not as eager to incorporate uh, evidence in, 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 in their debates. Uh, That's interesting.
1: I mean, uh, I mean, to complicate things even more, for instance, in Peru, we have, a, we have right now a very heated um, second round um, for a, a presidential elections and both candidates on the left, on the extreme re- left and possibly on the extreme right, are um, quite conservative when it comes to uh, sort of anti women's rights and uh, yeah. uh, rights of, of, of uh, uh, in minorities they are anti anti-immigration immigration you know they're both claiming that we should throw away the yeah, vaccine they're... Um, um, they're anti the lockdowns um, not so much anti- vaccines but anti lockdowns um, although they have you know some of them have criticized the vaccines we're using, but I think it's more of a political move. Um, so, so the the alliance between the anti, anti-rights and the um, and the uh, and the right um, is you know can be added by you know joining some forces with the with the radical left i guess in, in this case but I, I see i see i see your point that it's um it's a nice it's a it's a it's a strong combination of a value um, value based arguments with an anti-evidence you know, exact argument, um, which is appealing yeah. to people. Um,
2: yeah. and, and I completely agree with your point that the extreme right touches with the extreme, extreme left in, in these issues. I mean, it is uh, a, a way of cross-cutting the, the uh, maybe traditional political spectrum that uh, is particularly risky for, for think tanks, yeah. You're on mute.
1: Sorry, what, what roles can think tanks play in this context? What is the role of the think tank? A think tank like CPEC, um, but also other think tanks, because you'll find think tanks on on the also on the on the not on the extremes maybe, but you'll find think tanks centered to right, centered to left.
2: Um, I I think that, I mean, this is probably the the greatest challenge, and it it is because there is no easy answer to to the question of what to do about it. Um, I I think that uh, emphasizing the need to base our uh, policies with evidence, uh, and that is the way to having a greater impact and to ultimately have a greater improvement in people's quality of life is um, the way of saying also that it, this is the the scientific method in a way translated to how we do policy. And this is how humanity has got to where it is for good and for bad. Um, but uh, I think we, we should be probably thinking outside the box. I mean, many of this is happening uh, in social networks, in, in other spaces that are uh, not the traditional places where think tanks talk or where, where think tanks grow. And, and we need to, to engage more and mostly uh, more effectively into those debates. Um, and this means uh, to speak with people with whom we're not used to speaking, uh, engaging in those debates and providing ag- arguments and trying to to put forward those discussions. Um, and, and I know it's, it's risky strategy because uh, it, it might uh, turn into a boomerang and, and come back, but I, I don't see any other way than to try to think and, and make other people think their minds than to engaging in, in a constructive dialogue with them.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, I see the, I see the risk as well because um, if you I mean you have to accept I mean you, you can't keep throwing evidence at at the problem, right You have to engage you have to accept that. the problem is is a problem because it's uh, it's mixed with values, it's mixed with misinformation, it's mis- mixed with interest. And you've got to address all of them. And you are addressing them in, from a non-neutral standpoint, where you are you're bringing your values to that issue, to that discussion. And that's going to alienate some people, for sure. Right? You're not going to be able to you know, uh, be liked by everybody. Um, so that's, that's one problem, is that many think tanks don't often present their values. They don't show their cards. Right? They, they say, well, we're neutral because we're evidence-based. But they're not.
2: Yeah, no, but- nothing is neutral. <laughs>
1: But, but showing your values is hard. Um, I mean, have you, the CPEC, do you think SIPEC does this rather well? Um, I mean, I think you, I've seen your work and you take, you take a sort of a position on issues related to social protection aspects. You know, you, you know, you, um, uh, paternal leave, I remember you guys had a campaign looking at, and that, that is taking a stance on, on values, right? It's not just evidence based, it's also saying this, this matters, this is important, this is part of our, of our values as a society. Do you have other
2: examples of that? Yes. Um, during 2019, for the presidential election here in Argentina, we had a, a, a large institutional project, which was called META, uh, which stands for uh, goals, uh, strategic goals to transform Argentina or something like that. It's an acronym. And uh, within that project, we had different issues. And in every issue, what we did was t- uh, we produce a, a, a synthesis of our research, and then we took that and discuss it with different audiences, with the private sector, with the unions, with the media, and depending on the topic, some of those discussions were with these different actors sitting in the same table, some were more bilateral, but what we did after that was um, tried to systematize in a way where were the consensus and also where were no consensus and where, where were those different strategies and which were the pros and cons in a certain way of each of the different solutions that were presented by those actors. And then we argued for what we thought was the best one. And having that uh, path done made clear that you had different criteria, I mean the different solutions are because we had different criteria, not because one is wrong and the other one is right. So what we tried to do in the final section of those documents was try to emphasize. Why, what we thought was the best set of criteria according to a set of values obviously which was universality trying to to get to a fairer uh, share of what we done in, in education in, in i don't know economic development in, in different issues but um, that uh, way of thinking through a specific policy issue was useful in order to make more transparent how uh, we backed the proposals we, we put forward,
1: and and to address another one of the challenges you raised, which is um, reaching completely new audiences, because you know you've mentioned you talk to unions, the private sector, government; you know, those are audiences that know you. Those are audiences that see you. Yeah. they see CPEC and they say, oh yes, okay, these guys they know what they're talking about. Let's go to that meeting. Let's have a conversation. But the new audiences. as much as CPEC is well known, it's probably not known by those audiences, right? Um, You know, the people, uh, the street, young people, new generations, um, they'll probably come across CPEC if they join a government uh, body, if they join an NGO, if, you know, they pursue that career path, right? But but most of them will never know. And those are the people you want to reach. How do think tanks build credibility, um, you know, vis-a-vis people, groups of people, who are not engaging in the world of think tanking and policy research at all, right? um, and are going to fo- follow an Instagrammer or a TikToker, um, you know, because they relate to them, right? They can, they say, oh, they live nearby, or they live a life that I like to live. How do you, how do you bridge that, uh, that divide?
2: I don't know uh, <laughs> it, it is something that we, we are love, we trying to address to, that
1: you know we need to yeah we're trying
2: to address we have this uh, huge um, new project uh, because in 2023 Argentina will turn 40 years of uh, uninterrupted democracy for the first time so we are launching a, a large project uh, targeted on thinking, what we've done over the past 40 years but not to make a balance of the historical reasons why we are as we are but mostly to learn and what we and, and to define what we want for the next 40 years of our country and in that process we want to involve a lot uh, the younger generations because it will be them who will have to manage the, the country in the next 40 years of democracy and we are thinking about different strategies we have like a a long list of what we could do we haven't tried any of them yet I believe that the virtuality of the current moment um, can be an important opportunity also in a large and federal country as Argentina to reach new audiences but um, it is not automatic Uh, we, we need to probably do many things that complement each other in order to, to reach them. And we'll, we, we'll try and we'll share, but now I don't know.
1: Well, let I me mean, do keep us posted on that project. I, I, think, that's a, that is a, I think that's a great, great idea. And uh, I'd love to hear more about it as it develops. So let me ask you now a kind of final question. Um, if, if your grandchildren or grandnephews and nieces ever join CPEC, you know, What do you think CPEC will be like, you know, or uh, other think tanks for that matter?
2: Wow, Uh, that is an important question. Uh, The first and maybe the the first place my mind goes to was to think that I hope CPEC is necessary in when when my grandchildren will be able to work, um, because Policy will already be so fluid that uh, we and, and effective that we wouldn't need anything like to input those processes. That probably won't be the case. Um, so I, I I believe that um, well, I hope CPEC still stands by then and it's uh, a stronger uh, organization, not in terms of its size or its budget or anything, but in terms of it, its impact, how, how we do things, how we uh, concretely inform policy and how we help thinking the, the, the developmental strategy. I believe that there is a risk also in staying focused in more like sectorial specific policies and not seeing the, the larger picture of what the country needs in terms of its developmental strategy. And, and I believe uh, CPEC can have a, a, a stronger role in, in seeing that picture more broadly and to making those links with what we need to do now.
1: Yeah, thank you. I mean, and I think that's a, it's a common thread we're hearing a lot, that, um, the emphasis on networks and connections and hubs and spaces. Um, research, I think we acknowledge that research can be done elsewhere, that, you know, the, you know, the arriving at recommendations might be done by others. Um, as you say, if, if, if policymaking is much more fluid, much more, much more open, much more engaging, then, then maybe the role that the think tank should play is no longer the same, right? It's not, it's not telling government what they should do. But is maybe creating the connections making the connection helping that fluidity helping that openness helping helping those processes be much more and a combination of efficient and inclusive i guess more democratic um yeah. but uh yeah i wonder if uh, if they even go to cpec or they will just connect to the cloud and put on yeah. some, uh, well virtual reality now and-
2: t- today i'm at the office but i think there is uh, maybe three of us here today, uh, and it's the first time I got here in a month or so. So it, it is already changing, uh, and and we will have to adapt to those changes in order to to continue growing. Also, so just as a
1: parting question, I mean, this is a very mundane, but do you think you will go back to the office um, at all, or have you know have have um, you know will people just be able to work from different parts of uh, of, of Buenos Aires, Argentina? of the world let um, I mean, do, do you see in a year from now we talked again do you, what percentage of your staff do you think will be based uh, at the office in Buenos Aires in Argentina and
0: globally I,
2: I think we'll have to wait and see and, and make the adjustments but we what we had discussed at the executive committee for for this year then we, we couldn't then implement because uh, the, the second wave got here before we we could implement was to have um, one day per week at the office and four days per week at home. And that might shift in a better sanitary scenario to two days at the office and three days at home. But that that would be the the greater ratio that we imagined, at least for now. There are many things that are more efficiently uh, done In the virtuality than in the office, but the office is necessary for some other interactions that uh, need to be done in a more friendly manner and also to ena- enable many of these connections also that, that we spoke about. It is much easier to go through the, the hall and meet someone and talk five minutes and then go to the other person than to have a schedule, a call and have Zoom set up. And um, so I believe it will be a mixture. I hope uh, to have some face-to-face interactions, <laughs> at least in the near future. But uh, it won't be what we had in the past. That is for sure.
1: Great. Change. I think think tanks are all about change. And they should change themselves as well. Exactly. So thank you. Thank you very much, Gala. It was a bit of an accidental uh, interview with all these sort of noises. <laughs> but, um, but thank you very much. It was, a, it was, it was lovely talking to you. And, uh, and I learned so much already. So I look forward to uh, the next five years at SPEC.
2: Thank you, Kike. My my pleasure to to be here with you today, and wonderful to to speak to you always.
0: So I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you for joining us again in this OTT MakeShift podcast. We will be back soon with more in interviews, more discussions, and conversations with think tankers around the world, goodbye.